0: Welcome to the Gangster
1: Museum of America, After Dark. And now, the founder
0: and director of the Gangster Museum of America, author and screenwriter,
1: Robert Raines. Our guest tonight is Anna Claire Norton. We just found out members of her family are great friends of mine from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. But Anna Claire has a a company here called ACE by Energy. What is your background? So I went to
0: college in Jonesboro at Arkansas State University. I have my bachelor's in English with a double minor in philosophy and religious studies. I am a Reiki master teacher of three years and I'm also an ordained minister through the um, Universal Life Church, and um, I've also taken an online Harvard class through EdX called Oracles, Omens, and Prophecies. And I've always, I've always been a psychic ever since I was young. My first experiences started when I was six years old, so I've had a lifetime of experiences to share with others.
1: Well, I want to start out by first telling Ace a story. Welcome, by the way.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me here.
1: When we were building this, uh, my foreman, our foreman and I went to Lowe's to get some materials and we left a carpenter, a middle-aged fellow of a very, very crafted carpenter, by the way. I don't want to say his name and you'll understand why. I got a call from him. The building was completely studded up, so you could see when you walked in the front door from the front to the back if you looked through the studded walls. So Ralph and I, Ralph Jackson, who's built both gangster museums, Ralph and I got back to the front door, and we asked the carpenter what he needed. And he said, there's a a little man in here. I was on the ladder and the Casino Gallery, because he knew what the galleries were going to be called, the Casino Gallery, and he asked me what this was going to be, and I told him I thought it was going to be the Gangster Museum, but he probably needs to leave because, you know, we're not here, and he don't have time to talk to him. So he got off the ladder and followed him, and he heard the little man walking behind him. We had plastic on the carpet that is now the gift shop, and he heard the man's footsteps behind him but when he got to the front door he was gone and so we looked in the bathrooms we looked all through the building couldn't find him that's when he called us we did the same thing the little fella just wasn't here and both doors were locked from that night on the carpenter would never work here again at (laughs) night and You know, quite frankly, sometimes when I'm in here at night, you you hear things. You just, you know, it's an old building.
0: Yeah.
1: And it doesn't really bother me because nothing's bothered me. I've pretty much spent the night in here before. But we did have a team of paranormal folks from the Discovery Channel whom I locked in here one night about seven or eight years ago. And they called me about five in the morning the next day and said they were ready to go. And I said, Well, how'd it go? He said, Well, this is a very active place. There's a lot of things going on in here. So I I just never really thought about it. But when we got ready to do this podcast, I thought, What an interesting eventually we'll get to this story that I experienced and we'll be able to talk about not only this building, but other buildings in town, because there are a lot of stories, nothing bad, no. but there are plenty of people of reliability who have experienced things that you just have to give credence to it. That, that's all there is to it. So when Suzanne Tucker, my neighbor, told me about you, I said, let's just finally get it out in the open. <laughs> let's do the reason we call this TGMOA after dark. <laughs> So what do you think about that story? What did the carpenter see that day?
0: Hmm. Well, first, I would say he might have experienced some kind of residual haunting. And a residual haunting is a type of haunting that takes place in a specific uh, location or area that is full of memory. Um, And they're very intense memories and usually have a repetitive. A repetitive pattern, and so, if there was someone here you know long before you came along and uh the making of the gangster museum, whoever was here before, if they had a daily routine in that area, then when they passed, if that was a significant part of their routine and it had um, some important value to them, then um. It would show up at the same time, usually, you know, give or take an hour or two, um, but the same phenomenon that would happen, such as footsteps. So it doesn't have to be an intentional haunting, such as a poltergeist. Someone's, you know, trying to get your attention, throwing things, making a ruckus. But this is just an imprint of someone's energy that was here before.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, I will tell you this much: the closest I've come to something like that unless unless they're all around me here when I'm here by myself is when I was shooting video in the majestic hotel the guards we shot a lot of video in there and the guards said you need to come back at 1:30 in the morning and he pulled out his phone and showed me some pictures of what looked like clouds in the hallways but they they did have some human shape and form to them and of course i said no thank you (laughs) (laughs) i will see you later that is something i don't want to know for sure but anyway the majestic and the arlington specifically the arlington i hear a lot of stories about the arlington so it must have a lot of things going on in there
0: yes the arlington is very interesting um, just, you know, given the long history of it, um, I, that was one of my first investigations I did here in Hot Springs. I was pretty young, maybe about 14 or 15 years old, so I was still really new at it, but, um, the evidence I did capture really gave credence to what other people were saying, and they really lined up with the history of, um, of the Arlington, and I'll do a little bit of investigation um over the history of the place or the building not too much um until i get done and then whatever evidence i capture then i can compare it to the history and what has been done there or who was there to compare it and say wow this actually goes exactly with what has been captured without you know having any bias and arlington is definitely one of those yeah
1: well we've had a lot of uh I guess that same Discovery Channel team was next door uh, that year at Suzanne's apartment up there. Apparently something happened there and they uh they they shot a lot of footage up there. I think it it actually made the uh, Discovery Channel. Nice. But what generally about Hot Springs Is it just because it's such an old place? And there are a lot of old places, Mm -hmm. but we did see an extraordinary amount of visitors here. Mm -hmm. Over the years, we have. I mean, really millions and millions of visitors. 1931, they gave a million baths. So you figure that, (laughs) here we are, 2021. Uh, I would suspect the bathhouses themselves, but to create this energy, does, it, does an entity have to pass away? Do they have to die in the place?
0: Not necessarily. Um, that kind of goes with what I was talking about, residual hauntings. So if um, the person's whose footsteps was someone who did construction work here before, before it became the gangster museum, mm-hmm. uh, like when it was the hotel, um, then if they died in a hospital nowhere near here, But this is where they kind of considered home to be. Even they enjoyed their work. It had that much of an impact. This is where their energy imprinted. And it just kind of replays on a loop, um, replaying that um, feeling of home for that person. Um, And then, of course, there's other types of entities, um, not just what people call ghosts or spirits. um, But... Yeah, there's many different kinds, and so one of the biggest ones is, of course, people passing away, Um, but no, they do not necessarily have to pass away in the building or the specific location. They can pass away at home or in a hospital of natural causes, and if they just had a very deep connection with that location, they can't come back to it.
1: Yeah, I'll be darned. Well, for those who do not know, this site was the Pullman Hotel and Bath Street is where the fountains are over there so the Pullman Hotel when it when it was torn down this became Frankie's because the restaurant in the Pullman Hotel was Frankie's restaurant and so Bill Frankie built this restaurant here to take the place of the hotel mm-hmm. so there's no telling how many people stayed and <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> walked walk this slab of concrete but what, what is the most common that you see in your investigations? Mm. With the common reason, or do you go that far to find a reason why a place might be haunted? Oh,
0: absolutely. Say? That's one of the number one um, things to do about an investigation is to figure out why um, an entity or an energy or a spirit might be there. And to figure out what they are wanting Um So I haven't really noticed any patterns. Residual hauntings tend to be pretty popular um, around places that have a deeper history, Um, but also with just the natural energy of hot springs. You know, a lot of people are pulled here because of the water and um, just the natural healing uh, abilities of the earth around here with the crystals. Um, Now, if you believe in those kinds of things, Um, and so that really pulls a lot of types of energies here Um, and so even people on the other side who have passed might come here and they've never even stepped a foot here a day in their life when they were actually alive but maybe come here to get closure so that they can pass on into the light again if you believe in that kind of thing um, or just pass on into you know wherever you think we go when we pass (laughs) for peace.
1: Well I wonder if The reliving of history would actually attract.
0: Exactly. Yes, it can. Precisely, it can.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Here we go, Steve. (laughs) Last time you'll be working at night. I ain't scared. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't scared, he said, as he ran away.
0: Yeah, some people consider this place to be a portal. Of really? sorts, yes, uh, just because of the healing waters and the crystals and um, the heritage of the sacredness of this being a meeting ground for all cultures. Um,
1: right, yeah, well, it, Indians considered it sacred. I'm not sure why, probably the water and the crystals. Because this was
0: considered the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. So this was a place where no um, war or crime was allowed. Um, so people of different beliefs and backgrounds. um could come here and have greater, bigger meetings, um, with um, without the threat of each other threatening each other for fighting for land or power or things like that. This was the neutral zone.
1: You know, I'll tell you a funny story. When I first got here, I guess fourteen and a half years ago, now I'd heard stories because I was staying in the Arlington, and I walked out of the Arlington, and it was winter time. It wasn't like. Dead of winter, <laughs> but it was when the t- during a temperature conversion, kind of like what we're going through right now. So right across from the Arlington is a a vent, a drain uh, over on the national park side, and I looked out from the Arlington steps, and there's this cloud floating. I I didn't really know what it was. It was just a a linear shape, hovering over at the corner of the. Uh National Park, so I just couldn't stand it. I had to go <laughs> over there, and you know it was dusk. <laughs> so I went over there, and I just kind of stuck my hand, and it was steam. It had come up from the vent, but then something had cut it off so that it just floated right above the vent. But you could see under, and you could see behind it and all around it. It was just a cloud. And I thought, man, is that what everybody's seeing? That they think this place is really haunted. <laughs> but that still happens. I see it. I see it a lot when we're making a transition between fall and winter
0: mm-hmm. down
1: here. there's still hot water. The springs are still rolling yeah. down Central Avenue, and you see steam coming up out of the uh, out of the vents. Sometimes the steam hovers if the temperature's just right, but it gets cut off at the bottom, so it's just a little cloud sitting up.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's no wind to really move the steam right. around. It, um, the barometric yeah. pressure changes, so it can become stagnant, absolutely.
1: It's um, spooky looking, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that you were able to question it, though, is one of the techniques we use in paranormal investigations. It's called debunking, mm-hmm. um, and so that's when you want to make sure that things are just naturally occurring things and not something paranormal so that you can decipher the difference and make sure you're not just assuming or trying to jump to, you know, occlusion conclusions about anything um, that might seem pretty out there.
1: Is there any particular place in Hot Springs uh, that's a little more active energy-wise or is Central Avenue kind of it because I guess it's always been the most popular
0: Uh, Central Avenue can be, um, but a lot of those are pretty underground, at least according to me from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, The most active places for me are the ones that are no longer in service. So the Mountaineer Hotel. Oh, yeah. So right down there when you go.
1: Park Avenue.
0: Yes, Park Avenue close to the gorge or uh, the entryway to the gorge. Um, Now, uh, I did an investigation there about a year ago. Now, um, I don't know who it's owned by. And so I wanted, we made sure that we weren't trespassing. So we just stayed on the outskirts and just kind of walked around. We didn't go inside or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I would like to get full permission from someone to go inside. But
1: I can I guess, probably arrange that for you.
0: Really? That'd be interesting. I would yeah. love to be able to finish that investigation. Okay. It was kind of left open. But. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. So yeah. um, now, the history a- of that place, I learned after the evidence. Um, the only thing we knew was it was the Mountaineer Hotel. We went in completely blind, but we had, um, it was me and two other of my uh, fellow investigators. And um, we we went in completely blind, only knowing the name and the evidence that we caught, Um was really intense. We learned about a a starlight that used to go there and sing in the lounge. And just the buildings in general were supposed to be originally four buildings, but there's only three. They never got to finish them. Um, And there were a couple of deaths associated there, and we got the names of the people. Then later we went and looked back at the records, and those people did die. Um, Wait a
1: minute. How did you get the names?
0: We use this thing called a ghost box yeah. and an EVP recorder and an EMF recorder. That's Those are some of the uh, tools. tools that we use right. um, to gather this evidence. And me and one of um, the other investigators um, used our intuitive abilities as well um, just to kind of gauge maybe the spots where these things happened um, close to the buildings or at least like. To position us in front of the window in which the room that it happened because again we couldn't go inside um and it was there's a pretty dark history about it um it was originally built for good intentions it really was but we don't know if they just ran out of money but it's just like all of a sudden one day no one worked there it closed down just without any warranty if the uh, someone just ran out of money and couldn't continue building it, and you know over the years it keeps going up for sale and gets sold and sold and sold over and over again, yeah, or it just doesn't sell at all and
1: years. I've never seen anything in it I've never been up to it, but i do I do know who owns it so
0: okay yeah there's um on one of the first buildings, the part where you that is actually one of the hotel parts there's two of them, and then there's the house um So the first building is uh, where people would stay, and we caught a picture on one of the second-floor windows, and it was of this ghostly figure sitting in front of the window. It was a woman, what it appeared to be like, in this white dress. You could only see her from the mid-waist up, and uh, she had black hair, and she was just staring out the window. And that's when we were just taking pictures of our wrap-up, and when we went back to look at it, um, you know, we zoom in on all the spots and highlight it, do a little um, to enhance the photo, make it not so grainy. And we saw her in the window, and um, have I would really like to learn her name and maybe figure out the history of her and figure out why she decided to stay around. Would be really interesting. Well, I know
1: the guard. <laughs> yeah, I, it'd be very interesting. I know the guards at the majestic had pictures on their phones there's no way they could have fabricated the pictures they showed uh, our producers and Mm. it just there's just no way and they truly believed it i mean it didn't bother them yeah because they were walking the territory walking the uh, property all night long so if anything happened in there they saw it yeah so that kind of gave me my first clue that you know, maybe Hot Springs is a little bit different than other towns because it had such a, well, even today we have 35,000 here, but we probably probably have 100,000 people that stay out around here, mm-hmm. lakes and what have you. But So, do they call you to get you to come out to investigate? I understand you do, on weekends, you do have a service that you do from Suzanne's next door to the Gangster Museum here. Historic Antiques, name of Suzanne's business. So you do other things?
0: Yes, I do. Um, I am a Reiki master teacher, and so I offer my Reiki services, crystal healing, chakra balance, but I'm also a professional tarot reader. I also do palm readings, tea leaf readings, natal chart readings. Um, I do services um, like Reiki services uh, for teens and for uh, children as well. And tarot for teens and tarot for tots. Wow. (laughs) And um, uh, psychic readings and, of course, my paranormal investigations. But I also do house cleansings as well for some of the more um, intense energies that people don't want around.
1: Oh, you don't mean like vacuuming. You mean?
0: (laughs) No, not vacuuming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You mean really cleansing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do that leads me to a whole other line of questioning here. Yeah. Spirits that people don't want around, does that mean that it just simply bothers them or something takes place that that causes them to not want this phenomena?
0: It depends on the person. Uh, some people just you know can just be easily freaked out by it even if it's not any type of malicious or quote-unquote evil entity um it can just be pretty eye-opening you know just kind of freaks you out a little bit you know the first time I experienced something like that it was not you know it's not easy to digest really um and so if you simply want them gone Then that is something I can provide to lead them to the light. But my main purpose is to understand why they are there, and if um, you are comfortable, if you can learn to be comfortable with them there, as long as they aren't, you know, malicious or evil. Right. Then we can come to some sort of compromise uh, to where, if they're showing up or making things move and it's just kind of freaking you out, then we can compromise with um, that spirit that's there and say, hey. This is this person's house or business now, and what you're doing is, you know, bothering them a little bit. Can you tone it down or maybe just do it when they're not here? Um, and so uh, a compromise is usually what people go for, surprisingly, once I explain it to them, because uh, a lot of times they'll come to me and, you know, they're kind of. Wigged out a little bit, and they're like, Oh my gosh, all these things are happening. I don't know what's happening. Please come help. And so, when I sit down with them and explain, once I finally understand what kind of entity it is, then uh, the way to proceed with that, um, they either do still want it completely gone, um, just to quiet their mind and have that peace, but also they want to give peace and grace to the spirit that is there as well, um, especially if it's one that needs closure of a kind. Um, Because that's one way that they, that's one of the reasons they even do things and make things happen is to get someone's attention um, to see if anyone can give them closure of a kind or help them pass on. And um, so people surprisingly are very comfortable with having other things around them once they kind of have it explained to them. I think it's just the unknown that really entices that fear. So having the fear settled uh, really helps.
1: Well, I can tell you that when I'm here at night, which I am a lot, coming and going mostly, when I unlock that front door and I walk in through the theater to come back to my office, every single time for 14 years, I've thought about the carpenter's story. And I fully expect to see this energy one day. And the way he described me, it sounded like only Madden to me, but I don't, I don't know. And I just look forward to it. You know, I'm not, I think, I think I could probably handle it now, especially now after talking to you, this kind of <laughs> eases my mind about, yeah. a, about a lot of things. Doesn't it used to?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because we've had some funny little deals happen and we've only been doing this for eight weeks. The uh so how do people get a hold of you?
0: Uh they usually call me. Um and your number? <laughs> my number is five zero one two eight two oh two three two. And but you can also contact me through any of my social media as well. Um you can contact the shop and um
1: Historic District Antiques, right?
0: Yes, you can contact that one, yes. Okay.
1: Well, it's been fascinating, I tell you. We'll do another one of these. But I thought with Halloween coming up, it'd be a pretty interesting time to do one. Plus, I just wanted to explain why this is called TGMOA After Dark. is Because primarily we do it after dark. (laughs) But it's just a fascinating science to me. And I've never really thought a lot about it but now that we're doing this and i'm here a lot at night mm-hmm. i do think about it a lot yeah and uh you've kind of eased my mind i want to say that again about
0: yeah. it you yeah. can uh, my shop is inside of rc coffee and collectibles mm-hmm. over on malvern avenue uh, so walk-ins are also welcome so if you ever want to pop by and um, come talk about some of your experiences, you are always welcome to do so.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Anna Claire. Ace by Energy. i tell you what, Hot Springs is such a nice place, even the dead don't want to leave.
0: <laughs>
1: really. <laughs> and to, to, that is to, true, to think that's that the good. Advertising and Promotion Committee <laughs> might be inviting people who have passed away to still come to Hot Springs. <laughs> that's asking a lot of them, but if I can figure out a way to advertise, I will. <laughs> I need a spot on that on that show. Well, thanks again, Ace. And uh, let's do this again.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It was great to be here.
1: Okay, thank you. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. And we'll be back next week. And we're going to start the Oni Madden Files. Take it out, Steve. You've been listening to TGMOA After Dark. Join us again next week.